Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. We're hoping you're having a good weekend and that that you are making church a part of that as you worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Here on Exploring Missions, we want to alert you to the possibilities of what God can do in your life. And this is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, our co-host. Nathan, good to have you today. Great to be here. Today we're interviewing someone who works here at AFA, which AFR is a part of. AFA, American Family Association, is what you would call the mother ministry, and AFR is a subsidiary of that, and so we make it known. One of the things we like to do, Nathan, is interview individuals that work here to demonstrate not only what they do here as a ministry, but they have ministries outside of what they're doing here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just the entire body of Christ is made up of ordinary average people with ordinary average gifts, talents, abilities, interests, experiences, background, whatever. But we serve an extraordinary God who can do amazing things, you know, in everyday average people. And so it's good to know that just because you're on the radio or working at a ministry or whatever the case might be, it doesn't make you a super Christian or anything. Nobody's arrived, have they? That's that's exactly right. (laughs) The scripture I want to use today is one that you know well, probably if you've been a Christian at any point in time. If you're a brand new Christian, I want to introduce you to this verse. It's a great verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed. Behold, all things have become new. God can change lives, and he changed my life. Even as a 12-year-old boy, he changed my life. And guess what? He continues to. I'm still not the same person. He's still working on me, and I know he's working on you. And our guest today is Drew Shoemaker. Welcome, Drew. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Drew's been with AFA now. How many years Uh, now? Almost six. Almost six years. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem that long, Drew. No, it doesn't. And you came on board. Tell them your position. I am the main artery of this thing here. (laughs) uh, I'm the mailroom supervisor and uh, handle all the mail, which is quite a bit here at AFA. It is quite a bit. And I do a duplication for CDs, DVDs, things like that, homeschool products. Ship it all out. Yeah. And Drew has added to, he plays the guitar as well. Oh, yeah. I've been learning for years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do. You do good. He's uh, every every employee has a devotional. And mm-hmm. uh, Drew has had devotional and he usually brings his guitar. When I see that, I get excited. Yeah, it's a great way to start the morning every day. It's, it, I need to be in this devotion every morning. So, And many times I hit right on target, don't mm, they? Every time. Yeah. Well, Drew, the reason I wanted you to be here is I wanted you to tell your story. Nathan, all of us have stories. That's right. We we need to develop our story into one that is compelling. 
even though, say, well, mine's not much. I saved when I was a kid, and I stayed with God. That's a compelling story. That's a good testimony. And so, Drew, God's God's brought you through some Mm -hmm. places in your life to be where you are today. Is the grace of God? Still doing it. Still Still doing doing it. it. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I didn't plan out. I didn't start out to be an alcoholic. Uh, it was the last thing on my mind, but I was raised in a family of 10 in uh, Oklahoma, Mississippi. My, my father was a pat, uh, excuse me, a doctor there in Oklahoma, and uh, I'm the youngest of 10. Later on, uh, I guess around my preteen years, his alcoholism became really a problem, and I, I swore it's not going to be me, you know, and, and of course... Uh, we went to church. My mother was a Sunday school teacher, a wonderful, godly woman. She taught me what was right, and I did what was right until I, and I guess about 13, when I was about 13, I began to experiment with alcohol. And You know, I had all these feelings of inadequacy. Of, I always used humor as a way to make friends, and uh, and then when you added the uh, alcohol some say the great elixir maybe but uh it started a journey that wound up in some bad places and i can make a long story short uh went to college and all that got worse alcoholism got worse later on i started having family members get sober because we were an alcoholic family it's amazing now that uh, most everyone is sober then uh Went through one treatment center, got out, and learned some good things, but I decided, you know, next time I'll do it different. <laughs> there was going to be a next time. I knew it in my heart, and I did. And I just got to a place where of exhaustion. That's why in Matthew eleven twenty eight is one of my favorite scriptures. That it says, come to be all here weary and heavy laden, and he, he'll give us rest. And he did. Uh, I got to a place where I was uh, mentally spiritually and physically physically really exhausted and uh, i made a surrender july 9th 1990 i remember that day and i prayed this time that i would not forget what it was like the pain the uh that exhaustion and uh you know i i told myself for years i wouldn't hurt anybody and uh a lot of things happened during that july of 1990 my father went to treatment july the 5th so that was his sobriety date. Mine was July the 9th. And when he left, I didn't have any intentions whatsoever of making any kind of surrender. And uh, But I had a two-year-old nephew. He got up in my lap one day, and he said, Uncle Drew, I love you. And something something happened. It started. Out of the mouth of babe. Yeah, it started something that I realized, you know what, I'm going to die and. I really love this kid, and I love my family, and I started opening my eyes a little bit and seeing some things. So, How old were you at that time? Oh, 27 years old. 27 years old. So since 13 to 27, 14 years Mm -hmm. of a repeated cycle. Oh, yeah. During that period of time, did you think you had control of it all? Maybe probably up to about 19. After that, I I knew I didn't. Uh, and I was a functioning 
drunk as it as it were. I, was it week, daily or weekly? Oh, daily, daily, mm-hmm. and then morning. Um, and and all those years, I I remember really well. I, I could sort of feel the Lord tapping me, saying, "Aren't you tired yet?" Aren't you? And I kept saying no. Nope, so the Lord stayed tired. with you through it all? He really did. And, uh, Isn't that great, Nathan, when you think about it? He doesn't. I mean, you yeah. know, how how he has stayed with humanity yeah. is just grace, isn't He's it? He's very patient with me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, one thing, Drew, I hear just as you share a little bit of your story is how, and, and this is, I think, common for a lot of people who, uh, are recovering from you know any sort of addiction or just you know struggle and issue they they and you're do, I, I can hear it in what you're saying you, you you take total personal responsibility I think that's one of a difference someone that's still struggling in an addiction mm-hmm. or in a just a desperate situation um, and not yet fully out of that there's there's not as much personal responsibility there's a there's a lot of a blame of this is how I grew up, or this is my genes, or this is what happened to me, and you know I'm just trying yeah. to cope, or whatever. And I hear you taking full total responsibility. And so let me ask you this: How important is that? Is in owning, you know, if you want to call it sin, owning your sin, mm-hmm. owning yeah. mistakes and decisions. How important is that to actual recovery? Oh, it's everything. It was important then, it's important now um, because it's still a daily. Thing, uh, and I'll get to something later that happened recently with, with some of those memories still embedded in yeah. there. But, uh, you know, I had to take responsibility because everything should have been a happy ending at that point as far as recovery, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was from alcoholism right. and, and addiction because I was able to give God those things. Mm-hmm. But the rest of my story goes on for Quite a few years, actually, where I went through some bad things and uh, everything I came up against. I told myself, you know, as long as you're not drinking, because I pursued sex and all these other sin, you name it. If it was addictive, I went for it and it never was fulfilled. But every time I came upon a crisis or uh, I guess my back was against a wall, I, I would tell myself, you know, I'm not drinking. I went through a divorce, the loss of both parents in about an eight month period in the wow. year 2000, 99 and 2000. And I was crazy as a loon, <laughs> but I, you weren't know, drinking though. Right. I, and then, and that's, that's what I told myself. And it was really about the lowest. And that's what started my, my road to, to where I am now. Well, I want to ask you this, having alcohol out of your life, as an addictive power like it was, was great. Oh, yeah. But it, it wasn't. It no. Was, it's, that's still not sufficient. No, there still was a void there, a, a huge one. And uh, like I said, I went through a divorce, and I I thought, you know what? Good-looking guy like me, <laughs> I'd be remarried in no time. And Oh, how foolish that was. Right? <laughs> Which one, being married or good-looking? Oh, either one. You know, I, <laughs> Those things fade. It, I, I had always played tennis. Well, that was a big part of my life, and I had gotten away from it years, and I got back to it. And, uh, and this is another story of how I came to Christ. Uh, 
I started playing uh, UST league tennis and really enjoyed it, and uh, it kept me out of trouble somewhat. But I ended up playing on a team in Pontotoc with these gentlemen, and and I think I was just ready. And God, I've always said God's in the connecting business. He's still yeah. doing it. Yeah, I can tell you. Amen. But these these guys were different. There was something about them. They prayed before our matches, which is very unusual to me, and something about how they carried themselves and I was able to see that we were successful we had we once stayed two or three times and it was just great traveling with them and something started happening in me I ended up going to a, a little church and Brother Don's church actually Brother, Brother Don, Don Wildman mm-hmm. and that's another story <laughs> you know I, I, I just I used to despise him because <laughs> Pornography was was one of my vices, and those one of those things. And he preached against it, and I said, oh, "Who does he think he is?" But you know, the first person to tell me they loved me when I walked in that church was Brother Don Wildman, and he uh, he meant it. And so, anyway, I, I accepted Christ October seventeenth of uh, two thousand seven. So I was forty four years old. Wow. It started a really good journey. It hadn't been perfect. We've, we've been through some tough times. and But he's been really in the connecting business ever since then, putting me with people. Well, what's amazing, Nathan, you know how he connects those dots? God orchestrating. And, and I, oh, yeah. I, I hate I, that word can be awesome or great. When you say an orchestra leader, that's great. He puts it together, and that's mm-hmm. how we mean it. He orchestrated these different opportunities for you. With people, mm-hmm. with yourself, will he do that for other people? Absolutely, I see it. I see it happening all the time. Well, um, tell us about what you're doing now a little bit. Well, I mean, what God's doing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm involved. I, I go speak to places when I can. I go to a place here in locally called Broken Lives Ministry. See some really sick people come in there with different addictions and. I've seen a lot of miracles happen there. That's uh, I also work with a ministry called Thrive that's part of the Orchard Church here in Tupelo, Mississippi, and uh, Pastor Kobe Cuevas is the leader of that, and I've seen a lot of things happen with that. And this is outside of AFA, mm-hmm. AFR. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it's really epidemic proportions right now. You mm-hmm. see it, but you see miracles happen even when, I know from my own life, I was I had no hope whatsoever. I, I thought I was going to die, uh, liver failure probably. And, and when I made that surrender, uh, I was able to get help, able to receive help. And I think that's the big thing is we have to be able to let God do what he wants to do because I'm stubborn. I'm, uh, somehow in my brain, uh, I'm not – a rocket scientist was not a good student, never been really smart, but somehow in my mind I thought I could outsmart the things in this world and the, my addictions, and it, it never happens. So even now it's important daily to make a surrender and get in the Word. And, I, I, you know, I'm very fortunate with you being here. There's so many people here in this ministry that I can drop by their office and you know, you learn to kind of gauge how busy they are. And if, but uh, if you want to stop and talk to anybody, you, Pastor Joseph, so many others here that, 
you know, we're broken folks <laughs> and, uh, we acknowledge it and, uh, it's good to be, uh, around other people that Amen. we're, we're broken folks with junk in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And the junk is there, and you say, "Oh, my junk." Some people's junk is cleaner than other people's. Yeah, you can shine junk. it up a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. can shine it up, but it's still junk. And uh, yep. so, Nathan, when when you know when you talk to individuals like Drew, and you see where God is has brought them from, all of us, all of us, it may not have been alcohol, but every single human being on this earth is hopeless yeah. without God. Absolutely. It's hopeless. And, and thinking about that and a little bit of my own experience of being in a, a you, you could call it a global city where people from all over the world came to, moved into and lived. And one thing that surprised me, I think, was how many people from all over, any, any country on the earth, from any culture, any religious background, you know, no matter what, where they come from, rich, poor, it didn't matter. There were people from all these places, and there were people that struggled with addictions, mm-hmm. and their drug of choice, if you will, might have been something different than, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people where I'm from, but there was still something, and there's there's brokenness, and there's a need for deliverance and and recovery. And so I'm I'm curious to ask you, no matter where people are from or what their background is, we know that one, the gospel of Jesus Christ is is the power of God and salvation for all peoples. And so Jesus is the ultimate mm-hmm. healer and he could deliver people. But even a little bit beyond that, are there would you say there are some basic general principles of of helping someone through recovery and, and overcoming things that would you would say probably good for anybody at any time. Yeah, I think it's real important to just like Christ meets us where we are, whatever situation is, meet that person wherever they are. I try not to, well, we don't judge them mm. and love on them. Mm. And that's, that's always a start. Like people do with me, uh, I probably wouldn't have taken somebody preaching me in a, to me in a, a harsh tone maybe. I never got that, but uh, yeah. at the end of the day, no matter what, you know, I suffer with selfish, just all the things that go along with addiction and any kind of addiction or well, maybe even human nature, you know, it, it's, yeah. it comes, it comes to become about myself too often. But one thing I could do at the end of the day, just love on somebody because mm-hmm. he first loved me and he really did. And, and making that surrender, that's a basic Step one, they call it uh, admitting, owning, like you were talking about, and and, uh, and 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 sort of coming to the reality. You know what? I'm never going to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And and the miracle and the wonderful thing is I don't have to. Yeah. So, of uh, and day, you know, one day at a time. It, it meant a lot early in recovery. I tell people this all the time, but the longer time goes by. It's even more important every day now, whatever the situation is, whatever I'm dealing with. It's it's dangerous up here in this noggin. Well, you were talking about earlier, even recently, how mm-hmm. you've had to deal with things in your life. Yep. Oh, I'm very fortunate to be where I am with uh, 
Yeah, they. I did. Was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and they called me on my birthday. Hmm. Happy birthday! Yeah, that's rough. And it was kind of a couple of days where you know I was a little um, rattled, but again, I've got so many men here where I am that have been through the same thing and have shared with me, and they all share how God got them through this and. And I'm very blessed to have my wife who's, uh, you know, for better or for worse, she's been truly amazing. And that's another. So you were good looking to a, to an extent, right? <laughs> oh, she turned me down cold the first time. <laughs> Wasn't used to that. Uh, who also works here. She works at the ministry also. Hey, Sheila. <laughs> well, tell me where you're at right now with that. You're waiting treatment and surgery. Yeah, I go to Birmingham. I, I chose to be treated over there. I just felt comfortable and nothing against anybody. Uh, May the 29th, I'm scheduled to have removal. Uh, what do they call it? You that are hearing Drew's voice, pray for him. And let me ask you this. When you get bad news, like you got cancer, mm-hmm. tell me the difference that would have been before salvation and now the after salvation now there's still that mm, the, yeah. uh, nothing takes the the jolt away yeah. but the reaction is could be different can you analyze what would be different yeah well i would have been loaded i would have got drunk right away or earlier i know and probably you, you get into a self-pity thing and and i won't say that some of that some days i hadn't been some of that in there but it's nothing like but i have to share this I think I told you the other day, uh, after the smoke had cleared a little bit, a few hours after it, I did have a thought of smoking marijuana. <laughs> 28 years later now. 28 saying, years later. The devil's always back there. That stuff is yeah. still there. It it remembers, you know what, this will make you escape, if at least for a little while. But it it's ultimately death for me and you know you there's the tendency to return to the familiar regardless yeah. mm-hmm. of what it is the familiar can be so bad that you can't believe it but you're it it's it's familiar yeah and you and, and it brings a certain amount of comfort no matter how uncomfortable it is that's how messed up human beings are guys mm-hmm. i had a, a friend of mine used to tell me years ago he said you know we see these these ads for beer and the the Clydesdales and the the sweat dripping off the can and how attractive they make it look. He said, for us and for me, it's association, how you associate it. He said, with us, it's shotguns and funerals, which is true. I've been to a lot of funerals with this thing, and it, it's that's not where God wants me. Like I said, if I, I don't have to figure it out, but I can love on somebody, and it can— if I don't have the answers, I can lead them to the one who does. Well, know. part of that is recovery, regardless of what it is, is to give back. Mm-hmm. And, and right. that's such a biblical concept. Jesus came yeah. not to be served, but to serve. Tell us a little about, I know you talked about, you know, uh, broken lives. Tell us about giving back. Well, actually, the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous is this guy named Bill Wilson, that was his first. He had a 
to me, it's it like a road to Damascus experience of what happened. That's why I believe in what he shared with me, and I believe what Paul says about that, you know, radical conversion. But they had given up on him as, uh, you know, they they thought he had what they call wet brain back then. They thought mm-hmm. he, won't ever, he won't ever come out of this. But he had a bright light experience. All these things happened, and he did come back around, and he the the first thing that came to him was to go help another drunk, and that's what what he did, and that's sort of how that movement got started, which is all biblical principles. It's you know, yeah. twelve steps, t- twelve principles, and and that really is, and that's you know, of like I said, I I I just try to keep my eyes open and and love on folks wherever how I can do that, and don't do it perfectly, and. I have a bad day occasionally. <laughs> and those bad days come. I don't know anybody that doesn't have those bad days. I found out a good way to deal with people when you're asking how you're doing and you're having one of those bad days, just say fine. That doesn't mean you're doing good, but right. it means you're frustrated, insecure, neurotic, and exhausted. You're right. You ever had yeah. one of those fine days, Drew? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they come <laughs> along every once in a while. Yeah. But now you have a friend that's walking through through with you walking through those days that's, that's the amazing part mm-hmm. of salvation if if you got sober and you were just on your own it would all be drew would it not oh yeah because you know i'm a little older i'm the youngest and my brothers and sisters were all getting older i have a twin brother who's been through a lot and and we're, we're there for each other but we can pray now you know, we did, that would have been the last thought of my mind years ago, uh, and, and I, I believe in it. It, it works. And uh, I had a, a Saturday, my wife was gone, and I had a, was having kind of a, uh, a real anxiety day. And I don't know why, because, you know, the type of cancer I have, it's very treatable. I know that. I know it for a fact. I believe God's got it. But sometimes the anxiety... And I told God, I just said, you know what, I'm I'm a little frightened. Mm-hmm. And instantly, I started feeling better. And then my wife texts me, who was in Georgia at the time, she said, you know, I'm praying for you wow. right at that moment. Right at the right time? Mm-hmm. When, you, when you look at this, Nathan, and you see the ministries that are out there for those that have addictions, Celebrate Recovery uh, mm-hmm. is big into that. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and again, we know who that higher power is. It's in yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I, I got sober there, so I, I'm I'm not active now, but I I have a uh, respect for it because I, it saved my life. You yeah, know? And it gets you in a position so you can think clearer. Mm, the, Let me see, Nathan. One there, a guy we call him the Prodigal Son. And yeah. it says, when he came to himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Do we all have to come to ourselves? We do. And the the good news of the gospel is that God the Father is running down the road toward Ooh. us. You know what I mean? Yes. And, I know that guy. That wonderful guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so God was coming to you. Mm-hmm. He really was. Drew, thank you for being with us. Thank y'all. It's been fun. Thank you for your story. Thank you for the difference God's made. And thank you for giving back to others now, brother. May God keep it. Nathan, thank you, yeah. man. Thank you. It's, it's good to know that God doesn't just deliver, but he also transforms our lives. 
They'll transform your life as well. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. We're praying that God would use you. There's nothing more exciting than letting God use you on mission for Him. Thank you.